A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Hello there, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show podcast. It's weekly, and it looks back over some of the amazing guests and moments we have during the week. I'm Dapper Dave, and this week we had Hosier, the amazing Irish singer-songwriter, came in to talk about his new album, Wasteland Baby. Martin Brundle, the F1 legend, was on the phone to talk about the brand new F1 season starting exclusively on Sky. Chuka Amuna, the former Labour MP, joined us on the phone the day after he quit. And finally, of course, Dolly Parton was on the show. So sit back, grab a cup of tea, put your favourite slippers on and enjoy the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show podcast. The term living legend only applies to very few people. We're pleased to say one of those people is on the phone right now. She's in the UK for tonight's red carpet opening of 9 to 5 The Musical. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the one and only Dolly Parton! Good morning, Dolly! How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing good. I wish I could have seen you in person. Oh, it's been so long! I know. I remember you, though. I know. I remember. Yeah, and last time I talked to you, actually, it was on Virgin Radio because um, you came and sat on my lap in our old building. And I'll never forget it. But my lap has never let me forget it, to be honest. <laughs> I guess I just did it because I wanted to. Or, or could I just not find a chair that I was sitting <laughs> well, in I your lap? I don't really care what the reason was, Dolly, but it definitely happened. And I tell everybody who, um, who I ever meet. Right, so listen, 95 The Musical has been running for a decade over in the US. It's here tonight. It's the premiere tonight. So tell us how it came about. It's already a, it's a big hit wherever, it's, wherever it takes place, this musical. Tell us all about it. Well, we're very excited to have it uh, in the UK. We had hoped to have it long before now, and there was talk about it. But then with all the new Me Too movement and all the new things that's going on where women are trying to still make the point that they need to be respected and get equal pay for equal work and the harassment in the workplace and all that, even though 40 years ago when we did the actual film, it did... uh, you know, do a lot of good, but there's always more to be done about anything, of course. But hopefully people are going to enjoy it, making the good points we need to, but it's very entertaining, and I'm very proud of the music, and I hope people are going to really enjoy that. I had a fun time writing all the songs for it. we got a wonderful cast, and so I'm just really looking forward to the whole night tonight, the premiere is tonight. Dolly, of course, uh, this time next week will be the Oscars. This time last week was the Grammys. Tell us about what happened to you at the Grammys last week. Well, last weekend was a really big week for me. I was the person of the year uh, at the Grammy-sponsored uh, charity that they have called Music Cares, where they raise money for all the musicians, their medical needs, and all that sort of thing. And then I was honored with that, with all these wonderful, huge artists singing all songs that I had written or been part of. And then at the Grammys, they did a little tribute as well, where I actually got a chance to sing with some of the bigger artists uh, on the Grammys. So it was just a really big week 
for me all around. And then I got right on the plane, came right to here. So I don't know. I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to be pretty bored once I get home. Uh, I'm going to think, what now? Everything's going to fall flat after all this excitement. So when Do- when Dolly Parton goes to the Grammys and gets a lifetime tribute, you know, and you're on the way home in your car or on your plane or whatever, you know, what what what's your reflection on a moment like that? Do you know, is it still well, a big deal I'm for you? I'm very thankful for all of my success. I always uh, people always talk about me retiring and you've got the money to do this. I said, I don't work for money. I figure if I do good work, the money will come and I count my blessings more than I've ever counted my money. And that's what I was thinking after this all that weekend and this weekend. I just think how blessed I've been to have been able to see my dreams come true and to have so many wonderful people through the years that have helped me along the way. And I can't take credit for uh, all of that, for sure. You don't do it by yourself, but I'm just grateful to God and grateful to my fans and grateful to all the people that helped me along the way. And uh, you've helped so uh, many kids along the way. What about this um, Dolly's Imagination Library, which some people may not have heard of, where you're responsible for emailing, sorry, sorry for mailing millions of books to children free of charge. Millions. Yes, I really, uh, this is a program called the Imagination Library. It's my literacy program. Started this over 20 years ago, and in honor of my dad who could not read and write but he was a very smart man and he got to live long enough to uh to see the imagination library doing well and i had him involved with me to you know to help with that and so it started out in our home county then it went all over tennessee then all over canada now we're all over the world and we've given away now over 115 million books to children around the country and we're now in the uk and we're just having wonderful uh success with it and i'm i hope to be remembered as the book lady i'll be as proud to be remembered for that as anything in my whole career when i'm long gone the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky the best entertainment all in one place on virgin radio Ahead of the release of his eagerly awaited new album, Wasteland Baby, this Irish troubadour is here with news of his upcoming September tour. His first single, Take Me to Church, has clocked up over 2.1 billion streams on Spotify alone. And he's back to treat us with more. It's Hosier. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you're a cool dude. You've been and played for us on shows in the past. Um, And that that seems like a century ago, but this is only your second album. Mm -hmm. And um, it's five years after your debut album, Mm -hmm. which... And I always thought this about you, Hosier. I always thought, he's a cool dude. He's so happy. I think I said this to you before. You're so happy in your own skin. And the fact you've taken five years... To, to come up with the next album after the, the smash that was your debut album. I mean, yeah. that sort of backs up, you know, this has happened to me very often, that sort of backs up the fact that I may have been right. <laughs> no, uh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I think, I think it was, it was, it was, it, it had to be right for me. I had to, I had to take my time with it and make sure that I was still making making music for the right reasons and making songs that I wanted to hear being written. You know, and you get a lot of opportunities when you have a big hit like that to get back into studio very quickly with big names and stuff. And, I just was conscious of making sure I was doing stuff as as I that I felt right about it, you know. So two point one billion streams uh, for your first single, "Take Me to um, Take Me to Church." Yeah, quite incredible. Two point one billion. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit mad, isn't it? Is that right? Is that not a typo? 
No, I think no. that I, it's a big number. I don't, she, she, I don't, that's a third of the planet. I haven't been counting, uh, thankfully. But uh, the it is a, it's a big it's a big number. Yeah, um, I try not I try not think about it. I just keep that at a, a distance. The Beatles wouldn't have even dared to dream about streaming. Is a, is a funny one because we're starting to count we're starting to count people listening to songs. Right. You know, because as you say, sales are different nowadays, and people aren't exactly so. When you have a song and you love it, you can listen to it a hundred times. You can listen to it a thousand. So it's just adding adding all that up so it, but it is it's a, it's a remarkable figure yeah, I'm very all proud right. of that song uh, Wasteland Baby is the title of the new album it's out on the first watch haven't had it yet haven't heard it yet Okay. Um, so I'm very excited about it yeah. um, Wasteland comma baby um, capitalised Wasteland capitalised baby exclamation mark <laughs> inverted commas what does all that tell us <laughs> it's a kind of a tongue in cheek there's a song on the album called Wasteland Baby and it's a kind of a love song I suppose for the end of the world oh. um, <laughs> so so how, how prescient hopefully not I know exactly yeah so it, I know it sounds it's it's cheery you know that's, that's the exclamation mark is for the cheery. we haven't got it to play I wish we did yeah. have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody the movie not yet I watched it last night okay I watched it last night yeah and uh, it's it's. I think it's fantastic I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely brilliant I was scared of watching it because I like Queen so much yeah and I met Brian May a couple of weeks ago he said what do you think of the film I said I haven't seen it I nearly lied I nearly lied I was so close to lying thinking, I was, I, it's great you know, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. he said well, but I thought you really like I thought you were a big fan I said no I am I'm just too frightened to watch it and the, when I said that he did he, he, he sort of then relaxed yeah yeah because yeah. that's a sincere and honest thought yes yeah um, but one of the best scenes in it is when Freddie and the band are trying to convince uh, the guy who ran the record company at the time they were with that Bohemian Rhapsody is quite a good song and he might want to think about releasing it and he was so reticent and he, he Freddie refu- Mercury was no no the record company oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody's going to play this six yes, long yeah, yeah. and they, I think they wanted to release Killer Queen instead I think it was right yeah well, I think it was that one I can't, I can't don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger on this one yeah but um, if Freddie Mercury can't can't uh, can't have that argument um, how do you how do you confront similar situations yeah it's a tricky that's a really because I'd heard that story before that his label didn't want to touch Bohemian Rhapsody with it. Everyone thought he was insane, you know. And to be fair, that's a to be fair, he was a bit. Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, like it's, it's, which is why it was so good. Yeah, it's such an unlikely piece of music to 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 try and release it as a single. But there's there's real encouragement in that, and I think people, if pe- when people have access to hearing a song that you know that you know there, there's all these modes as to what what could be a hit or what couldn't be a hit and church in a lot of ways I had no idea that that was we'd know there was no uh, it was very unlikely sort of hit very unlikely radio song at the, at the time you know to be honest 2.1 billion streams later <laughs> I know yeah not unlikely anymore yeah but you never know do you you the, just never know that's it yeah that's it so it was, that's encur- it's an encouraging story you know the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio now in its second week we're all salivating over the brand new series of MasterChef on BBC One. The culinary quest continues to find the country's 2019 champion and back for another generous dollop of kitchen combat. It's the incredibly tasty John Tarode. Sorry, John, about the dollop there. I said a serving. G'day to, from a dollop. A dollop. G'day. <laughs> I like a dollop. That's good. Uh, what's the dollop exchange rate at the moment, I wonder? I don't uh, know. Right. So eggs, eggs. Let's talk about eggs. Well, I've I got to say this. I've been listening to this, the cabbage cream egg thing. The, the, the cream egg <laughs> must be available before Christmas uh-huh. mustn't it it can't be just between Christmas and Easter why, it must, well because people give them for Christmas day do they? Do they? Yes, no, they do. cream eggs? Yeah, people have them on Christmas Seriously? Day. Yes. No. They do. Mom, you got me for <laughs> Christmas, Mum. What, what are you trying to egg? say that, that they only come out on Christmas no, Day? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's, I don't know when they come out. That's the whole point. They used to only come out for Easter. I do remember that. Those and Cadbury's uh, Cadbury's um, mini eggs. Right. Uh, but we don't know. The jury's out. 
There you go. You know what we big in our house now? Talking to Cream Eggs, uh, we have, you know, vegan magnums. You know the ice lollies? The yeah. ice cream ice lollies. The, like chuck ices on strips. The vegan ones in a green wrapper. They are unbelievable. How do they, how, how do, they do all that? I don't know, but they're very clever, aren't oh, they? Oh, goodness me, they are. Well, actually, I've never eaten dairy products as a child. I never drank milk. If somebody gave me a glass of milk, I would be feeling very, very unwell. But you do now or not? Well, I sort of do, and I eat cheese and I eat cream, and I, but I'm quite gingerly, but that's just... But I've never drank milk. So, for me, non-dairy products are fantastic. So, it's quite funny. So, most people try and wean themselves off milk. You've had to wean yourself onto milk. Yes. That's extraordinary. I've never <laughs> drunk a glass of milk in my life. All right, get him, do you want to try that now? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I could try it, but I can tell you now your no, desk is going right. to be peppered. Okay, so John, you know what we were talking yesterday about? When experts have a look at people who are just beginning in a similar field to their own, yes. all right? Yes, Or are amateurs, right? You know, very accomplished amateurs. Can you tell, can experts like yourself tell straight away she's a great cook, he's a great cook, they've got what it takes. Can you tell us, is there a way that people move around a kitchen? There's a, there's a confidence and a dance, I think, definitely. Good. But there's also that sort of, there's something about the way in which their f- hands work. But it's attitude, in my opinion. If there's that little attitude that goes, it's that little bit of sassiness. I like the sassiness because the sassiness means they're open to it. Mm. And if they're closed down, they can't take on the information. It's true. Whereas if they're open and a little bit sort of, you know, naughty, I think that's going to be the That's the true, because if, if you're over-focusing, um, you can only sort of sense, and you can't really sense totally what's what's inside you, and you you almost become anaesthetised to the outside world, don't you? Because you, you're over-focused on what you're doing. I always think that music and food have a huge amount in common, and I watch somebody who plays the piano, and you know what, somebody who plays the piano, and they feel it, they don't play it, yeah. do you know what I mean? And yeah, I think, It passes through them. Yeah, and I think food's the same. You sort of, well, it passes through you as well, but... Um, yeah. but <laughs> I think the, 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 yeah, the thing about it is you feel it and you don't really realise you're doing it. But the thing with food is food's a gift. Food's not meant to show off. So anybody who's really show off fancy food, I don't think they're a great cook. Anybody who just cooks and loves it, that's why your food from home as a kid is always the best food. And that's why the best food you've ever eaten in your life is probably from somebody else's house. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. In a previous life, she was a minicab driver, a DJ and a street trader. At the age of 38, she decided to write her first book. 14 novels later, the number one best-selling author has released her latest crime thriller The Sting. It's the incredible Kimberly Chambers. Good morning, Kimberly. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for having me on the show. Welcome to the programme. So you and writing. Your first book was published when you were 38, is that correct? No, I started writing my first book when I was 38 and um, it takes a while to go through the publishing process. Um, a pal of mine at the time had the books from one run for market and I didn't have a clue. I wasn't, I'm not internet savvy, I'm not anything. I still write all the books by hand, by the way. Every single one has been written by hand. Um, I'm no good on the keyboard. Kimberly's really an inspiration uh, to all. She picked up a pen when she was a cab driver doing nice and it changed her life. So so did you did you do that? Did, were you sleeping? Were you tired? Were you doing what you could when you could to earn a crust as well? Well, what I did, I was, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I tried a lot of things like, and my family used to, like, I was a bit of a like Del Girl type person, <laughs> like, you know, forget Del Boy, this was Del, Del Girl from the real Dagnum, deal as well. you know what I mean? Years ago, because I'd always been out to earn a few quid 
whatever it took. I used to cut everyone's hair down the road. I'd only practised on me dolls, do you know what I mean? But I started highlighting with the... I mean, how they let me do it, I used to charge for it and all. Um, so I did all the Maisel Gardens, everyone's hair down there. The only thing I couldn't do was perm. I mean, good job I never. They'd have ended up like Michael Jackson probably. But, um, yeah, so I never did that at the time. When I said I was writing this first book, everyone laughed at me, do you know? And I sat down, I didn't have a clue what I was doing with Billy Joe, but I listed the main characters. And I don't even know if I'd had beginning, middle and ending, nothing. I'd been on no courses, but I remember finding the first few chapters quite difficult. But I remember from chapter four, I just sailed away. And by chapter seven, I said to my family, my uncles, my aunt, my and I've got a very small family, my mum, obviously, was still alive at the time, got the rest of the soul. I said, I'm going to make it with this. And like everyone thought, oh, she goes again, (laughs) you know. um, But I... I knew it, and listen, I had I didn't have a lot in the bank, but I'd always been a little bit of a saver. I think I had about two grand in the bank at the time. Right. So I decided to go part-time and work really long hours weekends. So I had the Monday off just to recover from all those hours I did over the weekend, and it would enable me to write Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it took me a year to write that first book. I love the idea of you writing them all by hand. Mm. Tell us about writing by hand. Do you have a, like, do you have a, a posh pen? Do you sit None. down in a room yeah, with scented candles? Because Jeffrey Archer, has, he has a shed at the bottom of his garden. He only writes with pencils. All the pencils are sharpened. And he goes in there, so he doesn't have to stop his flow by resharpening a pencil. And he goes in there for a, a, you know exactly the same amount of hours per day. And that's how he writes books. No, I, I, I buy the pucker pads out of Tesco's and I buy, yeah, the pens out of Asda or Tesco or Sainsbury's and like, I'm away, no, it don't matter. <laughs> Whatever's on special offer at the time. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky, the best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio. It was a whirlwind day in the heart of Westminster with the announcement of seven MPs leaving the Labour Party yesterday. Rushed off his feet today and making time for us with all the latest, it's Talk Radio's political editor, Ross Kempsell. Good morning, Ross. Good morning, Chris. Very good to be with you. So how in demand have you been over the last 24 hours? <laughs> it's been another absolutely quiet one, as you can imagine. Uh, just out of work these days with no political news at all. Okay, this is, but this is p- particularly explosive, isn't it? I mean, I was back there, it was so funny uh, yesterday because I was listening and watching all the various stuff. This, oh, it's like the SDP, for those of you who don't remember. And I thought, I do remember the SDP. Um, SDP it was Shirley Williams, um, it was uh, Roy Jenkins. Was yeah. it David Owen and David Steele as well? Yeah. Okay, how does it compare to that? You know, um, is it as big as some people are saying? What's your take on what's going on? It is the biggest political split in UK, modern British political history since the SDP, definitely. So I think on the big level, on the, on the level of kind of the big political picture, yes, it is comparable. I think what we have to find out is really what happens next and whether this new group who are calling themselves the independent group in Parliament, seven prominent former Labour MPs, whether they really appeal to voters beyond the centre if they decide to stand at elections when when a general election comes around and combat seats like the SDP, or whether they decide simply to confine their activities to this parliament and to really try to control things in the House of Commons as it stands, maybe tipping the balance on Brexit, on those crucial votes coming up on February the 27th, rather than actually becoming an electoral force. I think that's a really big question. Now, that all sounded very serious and grown up. Uh, give us a bit of the colour. Uh, did you have <laughs> any any clue this was going to happen before it did? Say, no, not just on the day itself, because I think we all sort of knew something was going on around 6 or 7am yesterday morning, but like in, in, the, in the weeks before that. 
Yeah, we did, we did. And I can tell you, Chris, that there were maybe three or four abortive attempts last week right. to launch this new group. So it was known that it was coming in Westminster. There were very, very strong whispers. And remember that people have priced this in really for two years, maybe even since before Jeremy Corbyn was elected leader. These were the kind of names that people were suggesting could leave the Labour Party. So I think yesterday, the day of reckoning in Westminster, if you like, Yeah, it really was priced in. People did know that this was going to happen. It was always just a matter of time. And a a slightly amusing fact is that MPs were supposed to be on holiday this week. It was supposed to be their reset. So it sent every MP in the Labour Party and all the political journalists into a frenzy because they thought most of them that had they had this week off. So does that include you? (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) So (laughs) did you have this week booked off? Do do you need? Do you have children? You need to take skiing and things like that, or what? (laughs) No, no, I don't. But uh, (laughs) I'm always here, always ready to go. But uh, our MPs, not so much. And uh, lots of them now very stuck into what comes next. Just looking at the latest figures overnight, there was some new polling out showing that this this new group is polling at eight percent higher than the Lib Dems. So that's quite significant this morning. Ross, please come on the show again. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. He's been a member of Parliament for Streatham in London since 2010. Yesterday, he threw a political cat amongst the pigeons by sensationally quitting the Labour Party along with six other MPs. Please welcome the political force of nature, Chuka Umuna. Good morning, Chuka. <laughs> morning, Chris. I've never quite had a welcome like that. Thank you very much. I suspected so. All <laughs> uh, right, so Chuka, 24 hours in out of 10, how would you say it's going thus far? Well, uh, it's a slightly surreal thing, but um, ultimately what we've done is put our values and our principles ahead of our own positions, uh, ahead of any party political considerations, and and just thought about what's best for the country. And uh, in all conscience, we couldn't argue for a Labour government anymore, and we just thought you had to be honest and upfront about that, so that's why we did what we did. So I'm not sure, you know, how's it going? Some people might go, oh, it's going very well. I wouldn't quite put it like that, just because it's a sad day when you leave a when you leave a party. But I'm hoping that what we're saying resonates with people. I think a lot of people think our politics is broken and the established parties, they're divided. They're not delivering what they should be with confidence people expect. And we think there needs to be an alternative. No, it's I, really I, that straightforward. I get all that, but come on, out of 10, how's it going? Pretty well, I reckon. <laughs> well, uh, let's give it an 8 out of 10. Let's I, give it an I, 8 I, out I of 10. I predicted. So, you know politics. You don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. So it could all be a oh, disaster. Right. In the I know, next that's hour, why you've got to make the most of it while you can. Uh, thanks for fitness I in, by the way. I wouldn't ask you whether you think this is good, because that would be unfair. Um, no, would be, well, you, you could ask me if you want to. Does Chris Evans think we need to shake up politics of this country? Yes or no? I, st- I said you could ask me. I didn't say I was going to answer. Right, OK, before you go, Chuck, right, before you go, here we go, here we go. This, this is a good way to find out how a person ticks or not. You ready for this, OK? Uh, fo- oh, God. Ch- check out Chucker. Uh, Chucker's choices. Oh, Chucker chooses. Uh, right. Football or rugby? Chucker, Amina. Football. Football. OK, full roast with all the trimmings, fish pie, vegetarian or vegan? Full roast with all oh, the trimmings. Okay. Uh, Tony Blair or Gordon Brown? Tony Blair. Okay. Uh, diesel, petrol, or electric? Preferably electric, but I've got I've got petrol at the moment. Okay, so electric. Uh, I'm a celeb or strictly come dancing? Oh. Strictly. <laughs> My wife watches Strictly. Okay. So I, I watch more Strictly than I'm a celeb. It's a very wise answer. Um, Oasis or Blur? Oh. Oasis. Maths or English? English. The Simpsons or Sesame Street? 
Oh, Sesame Street, every day. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, let's give him an easy one to finish with, shall we? Uh, sticky toffee pudding or apple crumble, both with vanilla ice cream? Oh, that's got to be sticky toffee pudding. Okay, all right. See, now we know. I think that, I think that, forget you today programme, that tell us more about how Chucker and Moona ticks than anything else. Uh, how, what programmes have you been on this morning, Chucker, apart from ours? I've done Good Morning Britain, the Today programme, LBC, I think I try to get hold of me right now. Okay. But of course, Virgin was right. the top priority this <laughs> right. morning. Well, give our, <laughs> give our love to Mr Ferrari and everybody else in the business. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio. Now, Dapper Dave is married to a Swedish lady. He speaks uh, fluent Swedish. Our next guest is Swe- of Sw- Swedish origin, Swedish lineage, uh, Swedish heritage. Uh, so here comes the intro in Swedish. Ali Hop. Can we say hey... Alexander Skarsgård. That's pretty good. Now, a bit more in English. Go on, off you go. Do you want that in English? Yeah, go on. Everybody, say hello to a very, very beautiful man, <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård. Hey, Alexander, how are you doing? <laughs> the pronunciation was perfect. Yeah, I'm taking Swedish lessons now. My wife's from Malmo, so... Right. I have, and I've got a little daughter, right. and she's going to speak yeah, Swedish. Right. Wow. It's my show. Right. It's my show. She's <laughs> <laughs> very impressed. It's my show, Dave. Sorry, it's the Chris Evans Sorry, Chris show. Evans. It's not the Dapper Dave Brett show with a gorgeous Swedish wife. Chris <laughs> <laughs> well speak. done. Alexander, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good. Thank you very much. Uh, from the host, from the main host. And I got to walk show. into Blue Monday, but what an intro. That's Thank right. you for that. By the way, when Rebecca Ferguson, because uh, do you book the guests for the show? Just the Swedish ones. Yeah, I was going to say, Rebecca Ferguson was in last week. He was speaking fluent. Swedish. Swedish, yeah, with her. She was lovely. She's wonderful. She's lovely. She's wonderful. She's lovely. But you were brought up in Los Angeles, were you? Mostly. No, I was. I was brought up in Stockholm. Oh, you were. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, you're part of the archipelago gang. I'm part of the art. Well, I grew up in Stadamon, which is in South Stockholm, but um, uh, not quite the archipelago. Well, archipelago th- isn't in Stockholm. Thirteen islands. Isn't it made up of 13 islands? Yeah. Well, isn't that the beginning of the archipelago? Well, you're, you... Yes, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you're Swedish, and, you yeah. can, and you're also really nice, and I, I know you stand very I well, stand but... great. <laughs> in Stockholm, when you, talk, when you refer to the archipelago, <clears throat> it's the islands out in the Baltic, slightly further out. So Stockholm is <clears throat> on islands, but you take a little boat, and then 15 minutes from downtown Stockholm, you, the, you get the islands like with the kind of more lush green islands. Alexander Skarsgård, uh, starring in The Aftermath alongside Kieran Eiley. It's in cinemas a uh, week on a Friday, and lots of people are getting very excited about it. So you're in Hamburg, uh, your character. Um, he's a widower from the Second World War. Yeah, they're all dealing with... Um, uh, they've all lost someone close to them during the war. <clears throat> Mike character lost his wife, so they're... He, uh, He's there with his daughter who doesn't, he, they, they're having some issues. She doesn't want to talk to him about the loss. She kind of blames him for uh, the loss of uh, her mother. And um... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And then uh, Kira and Jason's characters, they, they've lost a son. So um, 
And there's a lot of animosity between uh, Kara's character and mine. So Stefan lived outside of the city. His house was not hit. And it's a beautiful, I mean, it's like a palace. <clears throat> and he's got, he's from very affluent, in a very affluent neighborhood, rich family. Um, but it's also morally compromised because that the house is paid for by his wife's family's money. And they were all part of the Nazi party. World War II movies or post-war movies are often... You often get a very stereotypical image of a German. It's either the evil Nazi or if it's a good guy, it's like the freedom fighter who stands up against Hitler. I thought it was, um, most people obviously weren't neither. And I thought it was uh, refreshing to read about a character who is somewhere in between. It's a fascinating story. And, you, you know, I was talking to you off the air about this Radio 4 series that I listened to a couple of years ago about soldiers, British soldiers who ended up staying. They, you know, the war was over and they could come back home, but they stayed in Germany because they fell in love with Germany, often via, you know, a, a German woman and they were married to them. And they and the Radio 4 team, they followed them out there and they said that they've caught up with them. And, you know, you don't realise, of course, if you think about it, but you don't realise, um, you know, initially that, this is what happens when war is over. Yeah, well, if you label every single individual as the enemy, that's you know that's easy. But once you get to know them, it's it's harder to keep up that yeah, facade when yeah. you see the humanity behind it. Well, depersonalization is, is is the excuse, isn't it, for for mass murder? And of course, you you knew Kira, but you hadn't worked with her via your dad. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, they did uh, Pirates together many years and ago. you were around for the filming of it. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. What was it like to watch your dad make Pirates of the Caribbean? No, he was having a blast. And I was, uh, yeah, I went out to set. And, but he had these like barnacles on his face. So it was like the most, yeah. it took eight hours every morning in the, in the makeup chair. It's so hideous. I was just very impressed by his patience there. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. It's only blimmin' Tom Walker on the phone now. He won his Brit last night. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. How are you doing? <laughs> ah, well, I'm fine. How are you, my friend? Oh, mate, I've seen better days. I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen better days. <laughs> have, have you been to bed? I've not been to bed, no. <laughs> it's a little party with my mates. Why would you? I, I just thought if you won a Brit, you know what I mean? I think that's the way to do it. Never won one, but there you are. I presume you'd like to say thank you to all, all our listeners who voted for you, Tom. I would love to say thank you to them. They are beautiful and just, you know majestic people so thank you very much so basically if you want to win a Brit appear on Virgin Radio if you want to help someone win a Brit listen to Virgin Radio <laughs> uh, can, can we do some scientific analysis can we track to see if there was a spike uh, during Tom's appearance on our show on Friday in the voting um, you know yeah, you could class it as rigging you could class it as, impo- as totally partial I suppose to oh mate it's just good old fashioned politics of course you know? it is of course old... it is <laughs> so, so Tom um, tell us what you can don't tell us please don't tell us what you can't uh, but what, yeah. you know, what kind of shenanigans have you been enjoying over the last 12 hours well you know we went to the Sony after party a lot of free boozing came back here a bit more boozing it's been a very nice evening <laughs> okay so I mean generally good show you enjoyed the show last night. oh it was an amazing show an amazing night I've just I can't believe I actually won a Brit like are you kidding me what is going on the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky Virgin Radio painting a picture now is a star of stage and screen who's currently treading the boards in the multi-award winning comedy art after its hugely successful run at the Old Vic in 2017 and its box office smashing tour last year it's back let's say good day to the one and only Mr. Nigel Havis good morning Nigel Hey, Good morning. And I have to say, I think I am a virgin on Virgin Radio. Good, good. So you're actually a virgin? 
No, but I've never been on Virgin Radio. That's not what you said. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. No, you, what you, you said I'm a Virgin on Virgin Radio. You didn't say I'm a Virgin of Virgin Radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, which is the, the, I, I put I'm it to virgin, you, Mr. Havers. I'm a Virgin. <laughs> I think I should have never have started. <laughs> so art, uh, the play art, for people who don't know about it, smash it all over the world. Yes. Very difficult to mess up. Very difficult to mess up. Okay. Almost, I could say, active proof. <laughs> but the thing, I've done it, I've done this part over 800 times. Right. Because uh, I was in the second takeover 20 years ago in the West End. And it's a play I completely love. So uh, I, that's why I keep doing it. It's, uh, the audience love it. it it's, it's got three things. It's very, very funny. It's beautifully written. And you're in the pub by 10 to 9. <laughs> I mean, those are the three most important With the things. cast. Yeah, with the cast. Oh, yeah. with the audience, either way. Yeah, either way. Depends which yeah, yeah, uh, side yeah, of the fence yeah, you're sitting yeah. on. Okay, so it's a three-hander. Yeah. Okay, so it's a three-hander, three reasons to go. I've never seen it. Oh, why? Well, why, must... why, why should we come and see it? So what's it about? Where, where, where's it set? Well, it's about three men, and, and they're great friends, and one of them buys a painting. It's about five foot by four, and it's white. And actually, it's, I really do like it. It's beautiful. It's got many layers of white paint on it. Anyway, I show it to Mark, and he... He can't think of what to say to it. He just he, <laughs> first line in the play is he says, looking at it after five minutes, he says, expensive, and I say two hundred thousand. He goes two hundred thousand, and it ends up by saying you paid two hundred thousand for this piece of okay, nonsense. Yeah, I mean, and and it becomes the, the the catalyst in this relationship, and it ends up with a sort of punch up. Right. So so how come? And I know you get asked this a lot, but I don't care. How come you look like you did when you were first in art twenty years ago? How come? What what the heck? Where's the, where's the which which loft? Which picture? Where's the attic? It's just in the jeans. It's really. It has to be, I think. Cause how I old are you now? Do you mind me asking? I'm sixty-seven. Look at this state. Yeah. Not allowed. That, it's actually, really I'm sixty-six. I'm sixty-seven November. That's right. right. Yeah. You will be sixty-seven. Yeah, that's I will how it be sixty-seven. Works. But you look the same. Well, that's very full confusing. head of hair, yeah, no, just... sparkle, <laughs> twinkle in the eye. How do, do you have a? You race? look pretty good too, I have to say. <sighs> well, when you're right. up early every morning, God, yeah, you, silly o'clock. How do you honest. do that? I don't know, but I love it. I love my job. Yeah, I mean, it does yeah. help. Um, well, Nigel, you, you're going to be around forever, by the looks of you. Well, I'm trying to be. All right, pal. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being <laughs> Thanks here. Thanks for asking me. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky, the best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio. On the telling bone, we have Martin Brundle, the king, the king of Sky F1's coverage. Uh, good morning, Martin. Morning, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, good. And you? <laughs> you're, so, you're such a cool customer. No, well, I'm, re- I'm extraordinarily excited. Uh, we've got loads of texts coming in uh, because people have just seen the brand new uh, Formula One ad, uh, Sky's F1 ad. You're right, it's amazing. Can't wait for it all to get started, says Anne in King Sutton. Now, it's going to be much more competitive than last year. So how's that, how's that happened? Uh, there's been a lot of changes on the cars, uh, the aerodynamics and that. I won't bore you with the details this, this early in the morning, but um, <laughs> they look nice. And normally new regulations scatters the pack a little bit, but the teams are, seem to be really on top of it. And they, I mean, Mercedes did 610 laps in pr- uh, practice of testing last week. Everybody was planning around, apart from poor old Williams, unfortunately, but I think they'll hopefully get it together. So... Um, it seems, you know, they're getting on top of these hybrid engines and just really, they're all homing in. We've got, you know, Renault looking strong, Red Bull as well, and everybody seems to be getting their act together. And, and without doubt, Ferrari, they just 
put the car on the track and it took off and just kept going. Did it? Okay. Mm. Well, well, you would know, of course, because you should. <laughs> uh, so we, we have this thing, uh, 21 for 21. We have we yep. have 21 pairs of tickets and and trips and all expenses paid, gorgeous trips, pit passes, 21 pairs of tickets for 21 races for all the F1 races, which are exclusive yeah. to Sky this year. I mean, uh, I, I would, I, I think I if I could pick... I mean, Monaco, obviously, always. Uh, Australia, because yep. I've never been there. Um, but also, I'd, I'd love to go to Austin. Would, would you? Yep. Would, top five for you to go to? Yeah, uh, well, Singapore is really good, really exciting. Oh, course, uh, yeah, cars yeah. are great under the light. Yeah. Any city, uh, where, where, you know, like Budapest or Barcelona, where you've got good culture and, and plenty of restaurants and hotels nearby, and the track just 10 or 15 minutes up the road. Melbourne's nice, as you say. If you want some classics, Monza and Silverstone or Suzuka, whoever's going to go to Suzuka, it's a bit of an epic trip, whoever wins that particular <laughs> one. But, but it's well worth it when you get there. I highly recommend that. So uh, all of them will be good. Um, but I, I don't know. Sochi, that was, that's when I probably wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be at the top of my list. But the rest of them I absolutely love. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure whoever wins such, you won't mind at all. But I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. So, Martin, are you prepared to meet and greet 21 pairs of winners? Yeah, we shall see them. There's no doubt about that. If they're, you know, we'll be in the paddock, and it sounds like everybody's going to have a chance to be in the paddock. Um, I was a bit gobsmacked by your. They're all going to the 21 race following year. <laughs> you, you actually got me right on the hook with that one. Yeah, no, I did say that at the meeting, and uh, people were sort of semi-enthusiastic and a bit, but also quite pallid at the same time. It's it quite a strange, uh, strange meeting. Yes. Uh, but brilliant, very exciting. Uh, so your, li- your list quickly ran out of what was going to get paid for. <laughs> Uh, so, what's better than having two um, ex-world champions as wingmen? How about three? So, you got Nico Rosberg, Damon Hill, and this year, from this year, Jensen Button as well. Yeah, we've got, a t- I think there's 14 of us on screen in total, but, you know, with so many hours on air, that it's, you know, there's plenty to go around. Jensen joining us, you say Nico, Damon, what a lot of experience to draw from. Um, I've been to well over 500 of these thousand races, so... I'm getting the hang of F1 a little bit as well. And we've just got a great team of people uh, ready to tell the story. So uh, I'm really looking forward to to hearing Jensen's views through the year. Nico worked with us last year as well. So, you know, they've always got an interesting take and and a bit of experience. Something happens on track and one of us will understand what it feels like from behind the, the steering wheel when that happens. I cannot wait. So Australia, 17th of March, also happens to be Paddy's Day, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How does that go down in Melbourne? <laughs> well, we'll probably all go to an Irish pub, won't we, and have some Guinness <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, it'll, Melbourne will be a bit manic and a bit and a bit flat out, but um, I, I, I quite fancy Guinness on that day. Yeah, That's that'd true. be great, wouldn't it? OK, uh, mm. post, post-race, not pre-race. And maybe, yeah, maybe towards the end, it was a bit dull, <laughs> but, but uh, definitely not pre. OK, so, that, that, so this is all good. It's all, I, I couldn't be more excited, Martin. I'm, I don't know why. I've just got um, a, 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 more of a frisson than ever before, and I love F1, as you know. I just think this year's going to be... Because they, they had to sort it out, you know, and they have done. It's like the opposite of Brexit. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it, really? Uh, I didn't imagine you'd use the B word. But, uh, but you know what I'm really excited about? Come on. The, we've got a lot of young kids coming. We've got Charles Leclerc going to Ferrari. I yeah. think it's going to be brilliant. Yes. Orlando Norris, George Russell coming in, the Brits, uh, Alex Albon. So a lot of change. Only two of the 10 teams got the same driver lineup this year. So a lot of mix and match, as well as the, the new cars to look at as well.
All right, so if people want to watch the trail now, it's at Virgin Radio UK. Search for that. Uh, obviously, you star in it. Uh, you bring up the rear. Last 10 seconds. There he is. Um, <laughs> and he, you're pit walking through the decades, which is pretty phenomenal, I have to say. Um, did, you yeah. get, did you get a Winnie Bago on the shoot? How, how? No, but I did feel a bit like a movie star. I don't look like a movie star, but I definitely felt one that day because we were at Warner Brothers Studios and, well, there must have been, I don't know, 150 people or something. And it was, it was so beautifully done and the attention to detail for, you know, like headphones or pit banners or, you know, mechanics overalls. And it was absolutely incredible. So uh, it flies by. It's 40 seconds long, but uh, it feels like about 20 to me. And as I say, I think it's a great way to start our Formula One season on Sky F1. Okay, uh, lots of texts coming in about the new trailer. Uh, watch the trailer and text all your pals, even if they don't listen to Virgin Radio yet. Uh, do do them a favour and text them because you can see this trailer uh, live and exclusive now via Virgin Radio um, at Virgin Radio UK. Loving the new um, F1 trailer. Says Kristen Norris, great seeing the cars from the past to now, along with Jensen Button and Martin. Oh, and please can you apologise to Deborah, my wife, who will lose the TV remote for 21 weekends. Of course we can. Uh, right, so, so, so excited about the new F1 season. Uh, what an ad. Uh, great show, by the way, so, says Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for that happy friday uh, david hitchin a huge fan of f1 and oh my god parents uh, that trailer has got all the f1 juices flowing uh, the first car we see um martin in the trailer is that is that an f50 what is that what is because that's it's a real a car there's a ferrari dino is it di- from the 50s okay and it, yeah. and that's that's a real car and the owner of that car now they they lent it to sky for the ad is that that's true isn't it they did i had a drive in that actually we did a we did a lovely feature uh, through last year, it's a beautiful car. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, and then you go through to the Lotus, and uh, and it sort of makes its way through very quickly. The JPS. I think you. I think it's something you can look at twenty times, and you'll see it, uh, something new every, every time. Yeah, because like, James Hunt's in it. Bernie's <laughs> in it, isn't he as well? <laughs> Yeah, sort of, yeah. Well, no, he is, he is, isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he? Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, look, look, lovely to talk to you. Can't wait. Um, now, Vassos or I will see you in Melbourne. Sky have made yep. us. They're going to make us toss for it. They're making us toss for the trip live on the air next week. Who gets to go right. to Melbourne? And see, see, you'll probably prefer Vassos, but um, you might end up with me. Sorry about that, Martin. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Currently with us, we have Kevin Clifton. Uh, Strictly's Kevin Clifton. Joanne Froggett. Uh, Joanne Froggett is uh, treading the boards in Alice Always with previous beginning on Monday. Monday the 25th of February, London's uh, The Bridge Theatre. Kevin, last year, very good year for you. Yes. As good as it gets or not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how, how did you finally win Strictly? How did you do that? What did you do, what did you do differently, Kevin? <laughs> I think it was Stacey. Um, she just, she, um, after the first couple of weeks, we were getting sort of fours and fives from the judges and it wasn't going that great. And then, and she went, oh, I'm really enjoying this. Um, I don't want to leave straight away. I, I want to stay in for as long as possible. But I realise that I'm not very good. Um, I think we need to do more hours. And she just decided that she wanted to do 14-hour training days, which is harder than I've ever worked on Strictly. So we were doing 8 in the morning till 10 at night training days. And she just put the hours in. Um, she, she really, really worked hard at it. And, um, and she was brilliant. And I think she was really genuine on the show. Um, not that my other partners haven't been they've all been brilliant as well but I don't know like um, there's something about 
Stacey. Yeah, like, there really was. She was like, just amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I think she really, really she, deserved it. She should it. run for Prime Minister. She should join the new independent <laughs> party. Yeah, right. Cause yeah. Because she, she'd definitely be good. I'd vote for her. Yeah, so would I. And yeah. also, she'd sort it all out. Yeah, she would. She would, absolutely. I think she's just really genuine and really sort of authentic. It never felt like she was trying to put up a, you know, a, a show for anyone. She was just doing her best and really genuine. And, and yeah, she deserved it, I think. And she, you and, you and uh, Stacey very kindly danced for us at the O2 in front of 16,000 yeah. people on the 21st of December. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, no, uh, thanks for having us. And I never met her before, not properly anyway. And she looks as fit as a fiddle. Oh, she did then. Was, was she like that when she, when she started? No, she could hardly get through one dance when, really? when we first started. Um, she looked like, a, like an Olympic athlete. I know, it was amazing. that The, the first week um, when we were doing quick step... Literally uh, about 25 seconds in, she was really like gassing, like she was really like grabbing her air. Um, and you could see, you could see that point where she just lost all her momentum in the dance. All and puff. yeah, and we were saying, like, this is what we're gonna have to work on, but like it quickly changed actually. Week three, she did the jive and um, really went for it and, and got through a whole like energetic jive routine dressed as a minion um, <laughs> and, and got to the end of it and yeah and then by, by the end she was banging out three routines you know for the final and, and could do it yeah so Pasha's left yes yeah I, I, I just heard this yeah I haven't spoken to him I, I sent him a text we have a big WhatsApp group um, all the Strictly pros and um, you know all the messages went flooding in for him and I, and I put one in and then he sort of sent a, a message to all of us saying how much he's enjoyed his time and, oh. and, and, and you know dancing Eight with years us in. all I know yeah he's, he's, and he's been one of the most successful pros on, on the show in terms of his record as well I think no one's got more tens on Strictly than Pasha um, so he's done really well he's been in quite a few finals obviously he won with Caroline Flack um, and yeah he was brilliant he was a really good member of the team we're all going to miss him as far as everybody else is concerned like you say you won it last year and you don't actually you've not had the call from the BBC yet to not yet but you obviously they're going to make the call do you think they just presume that you, you'll think that you're doing it and Oh, do, do you I want? Would know. you like them to call now on the air? Should we call them? <laughs> get hold of them. Get hold of them now. You still yeah. got a number of, us, <laughs> of the BBC. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has been as late as sort of um, June before, but they've got better at it now. Like they, um, what is that? I know. Um, no, it's usually sort of. It'll be soon. I think sort of February March time that right. it is usually more like it nowadays. They're a lot better at sort of, um, yeah, letting everyone know in advance. Uh, Joe, have you had the call? You knew um, this was coming this week. Yeah, yeah. I know, I was going to wait for this. Um, I think I did get asked, um, I think lots of myself and lots of my Downton um, counterparts did get asked <laughs> a few years ago, but I'm um, I'm a bit nervous. I, I just, I don't like doing things unless I unless I know I'm quite good at them. Oh, <laughs> and I'm not, I don't think I'm, I mean, I used to love dancing, but I just wouldn't be able to follow the choreography and I'm just, I just stick to the things I, I can do and leave the rest to. <laughs> <laughs> On stage, that, you know, your job is full of choreography. Well, it's yeah, but it's a different of kind of choreography that I find much easier. So, yeah. I'm you don't know till you've tried it. <laughs> See, I have a habit of whenever I meet like another celebrity um, woman, I look at them and go, is, is she a good height for, for a dance partnership? And you would be perfect. You she? walked in here and I thought this would be really good. Yeah, I'm only 5'2", so I'm quite... Perfect. What's, what's yeah. Stacey? Stacey's probably about the same as you. Yeah, yeah. she's only little. Yeah. yeah, perfect. We're about to be joined uh, by Sarah Hadland. Do you know Sarah? I don't. We've no. I don't. You know I, I know. I, I've, her, I've met her before. Yeah, yeah. At Miranda's birthday party. Because, <laughs> because um, she plays Miranda's she, friend. Yeah, and and yeah. Unless in there's Miranda. another reason, Kevin. No, no, no. I thought you meant because of, <laughs> I thought you were asking about the party. Like randomly, I, I came to do a little dance with Miranda at her birthday party. <laughs> 
last year. Really? Yeah, yeah. And and she was there, and we were chatting away. I mean, there's an ocean <laughs> of questions I want to know, I want to know about. Yeah. Okay, just carry on talking about that. Um, no, it, it turns <laughs> out that, that uh, Miranda really likes Strictly. She knows she loves Strictly. Yeah, loves and. Um, and I was asked if I would come, this was like just over a year ago, I think, when I was dancing with Susan Kalman on, on Strictly, and they all sort of know each other. And, writing yeah, this, yeah, and uh, and they said, would would you uh, come to um, Miranda's birthday party, which was at um, Richard Curtis and Emma Freud's house. Oh, for heaven's sake. And nice. uh, would you would you come and do do a dance with Miranda? I thought, yeah, brilliant. And so, so I went to this party and was hanging out with them, yeah. Did you and Miranda rehearse no. secretly before? No, it was like a secret surprise. Miranda didn't know that this was oh, happening. Oh, I see. Yeah. Now, so see, I now was this, in a room. This is how you tell a story. Yeah, so I, I was kept in this secret room um, in Richard and Emma's house. <laughs> so you were like a present. <laughs> I was a present. And they, oh, that's And they nice. went, oh, we've got everyone come down here for like drinks or, or whatever. And everyone came down and it was like, surprise. And, and You know how like Russian oligarchs fly Elton John out for like 10 million quid a minute or something? Yeah, like it was like that. Are you, are, could you make yourself available for that now on the radio? For 10 million quid, absolutely. No, but you know what I mean? I mean <laughs> I'll are, are you for 10 available? Quid. <laughs> are you available for yeah. as a present for people who can I'd, afford you? I'd love to do that, have yeah. You, have, have you ever done it before other than for Miranda? Oh, no, only that that once actually you need a new agent pal <laughs> you really do the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky Virgin Radio you know her as the hapless best friend of Miranda Hart in the hit sitcom Miranda well now she's turning her talents to the stage starring in the award winning comedy Admissions opening later this month and then heading out on tour please welcome the hilarious the wonderful Sarah Hadland Yay! I have no idea about admissions. Tell us about it. Well, it's about two families who've both got uh, sons who are about to go into the admissions process, um, uh, which is the American version of going into university. We don't really use that term here. but um, So it's something that anybody that's been in that situation where you've got a child that's about to embark on a ne- the next stage of their life, their two sons, myself and Alex, play best friends. Alex is the head of admissions at the university and her husband is the head of the college. My husband is a teacher at the school and our sons have grown up together. They're best friends. They've gone all the way through together. And now what's going to happen? Who's going to get into? Because they're both going for the Ivy League universities, so they're going for, for Yale. And who gets in and who doesn't and the just the whole issue now of um, people um, applying to university of ticking certain boxes in terms of diversity and that's a huge issue at the minute in America and obviously diversity is a huge issue here as well so it's quite a it's a comedy but there's some big big issues yeah, so, so what is the point of what, what, what message does it eventually convey I think it's who do you think you are when you are confronted with big issues regarding your morals what you stand for in life and then if that's conflicted by your immediate family right. I think children can bring out a really strong emotion in people and then it becomes something that you might think you stand for yeah whatever, maybe that's compromised when it's your own child. Is it me or does everything sound fantastic today? Everything you're, you're, you're all in. I think in. it's just the way I said it that made it sound <laughs> really good. Um, should we believe Kevin's story about Miranda's Christmas party? Yes, absolutely. That's absolutely what happened. Okay, yeah. so, so it was sorry, it was her birthday party. At I mean, Christmas. I can add a few yeah. details to this. Okay. It was her birthday party and we were all upstairs <laughs> having a lovely time and it was Richard Curtis and, and, and Emma Freud. House. And, um, and their, their house. house. And then um, we went down to what's like a sort of disco room. And there was Kevin and Susan waltzing. And we were all just standing there going, woo! You didn't mention that Susan was there as well? 
Deny it. No. I thought it's oh, like, oh, yeah, they're all mates. That's a vital and... detail. You and Kat, Susan, I was listening that to it. That was the big reveal, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then I think you did have, uh, did you have a bit of a jig with Miranda? I yeah, I did, did, yeah. That was, yeah, it, yeah, that yeah. was her present. That was her birthday present. That yeah. was her yeah. birthday gift. Devin wanted a bit of jive. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not a jig. What about me? A jig. They did a jig. Similar to a jig. Was it like being in a Richard Curtis film? Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. And there were sort of bowls of kittens everywhere. I'm not exaggerating, am I? There were bowls of actual kittens. Yeah. And a rabbit, I think. Yeah. Was there? Honestly? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. For, for so many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so uh, lots of other recognisable faces yes. around? <laughs> just the the yes. end. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, should we talk about what you want Richard to do or not on the air? It could oh. it, it might it might be the catalyst that is required to actually like the Yeah, if he's listening to this show right now, I keep pestering Richard Curtis and Emma Freud saying um we, they need to do Love Actually on stage. And I want to be involved oh, okay. because it's yeah, that would be lovely. Well, you want to be involved. What do you mean? You want to build the, build the sets? What you want to be involved Kevin. in the production of it? I want to be in it. I want to be everything in in that because wow. right. I, I love the film so much, and I just think it would it would be brilliant on it's stage. It's not a musical, uh, but it has a fantastic soundtrack, which yeah. you could actually adapt. Exactly. Yeah, I think it, it, it's it's a play, but it, it would have great music and, and some dance breaks in it. Okay, and how's, how's that negotiation going with Richard? What, what's the last conversation? What was it like? Can you praise it for us, please? Uh, most, like Richard said, oh, I, d- I don't know. We, we've thought about it before because there's, you know, there's different storylines to take care of. And I was like, it's easy. I know how to do it. And then ever since then, every, every time I've sent a message, it's been, there's been no reply. Oh, right. that's awkward. You know, you, know, you know, I'm a good friend of Richard and Emma. Are you? Yeah, so I can, I, I'll, I'll make another copy <gasps> if you like. Yeah, let's do wow. it. I used to be let's Emma's, get it done. I used to be Emma's radio producer. Oh, really? My first job in London was producing Emma's radio show. Wow. Okay. Good Did you see any hints of the bowls of kittens starting then? Or No, <laughs> I'm not sure I believe you. Oh, you should. I've, I've no, got generally about anything. I'm not oh. sure you're even in the play. <laughs> <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment all in one place. On Virgin Radio. 